to me, the one of the best things that we can say, whether we're designers or sole proprietors or project managers or whatever position we're in, when we're dealing with either somebody else in our firm or a client and they say something that is this feeling of the source of rejection, is just say, okay. Welcome to the Speak Podcast. I'm Evan Troxell. Each episode, Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and I have a casual conversation about all things architecture, and we invite you to listen in as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the blocks of Corbusier's City of Tomorrow more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we stand around the water cooler and talk about why we love our chosen profession. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 55 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this show is sponsored by Arccat and a new sponsor we welcomed this week, Arcasnapper. We will talk more about them later in the show. First up, we have some friends of the show to announce. This week, we have three friends of the show. The first one is Apollo Spilotis, who donated $5. And uh, Apollo is at AC Monkey, which stands for Archicad Monkey, I believe, on Twitter. And uh, Apollo, thank you very much for donating to the show. The next friend of the show is Jonathan McConnell, who is a fourth-year architecture student at Southern Polytechnic State University, which is near Atlanta, where the AIA convention is this year. And uh, he has listened to every episode through number 50 so far. Wow. That's perseverance. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> sorry, Jonathan. Yeah, sorry about that. And so uh, he... he he really appreciates the perspective we give to students. So uh, thank you, Jonathan, for that kind remark. We appreciate it. So thanks for being a friend of the show as well. And then the last new friend of the show, Trudy Winters, who donated $10. And she lives in, it says Oakley, California. That's correct, Oakley. And uh, I think I think you know this person, Neil. I do. Trudy and I used to work, uh, or she still works there, uh, uh, but we used to work at the same firm. Uh, back when she was an intern, uh, and, and I worked there, and she's also uh, the secretary for the East Bay chapter of the Cal Poly Alumni Association. So uh, we went to the same college different times, but uh, so we thank her. She's also actually listening to the show. I don't think she's quite as far as Jonathan, uh, but she's working her way through all of our back episodes as well. So uh, what a trooper. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Trudy, thank you. for becoming a friend of the show. We appreciate it. And so that's it for our new friends of the show. If you would like to become a friend of the show and get your name read on the Arcaspeak podcast, you can do so at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. Thanks, everybody, for, for being friends of the show. So up this week, uh, Cormac, you, you've been rejected. <laughs> again. No, you and again. And again. And again. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. We all have, right? <laughs> Actually, I follow this pretty interesting uh blog i don't know if you've ever heard of this guy it's uh evan troxel that guy 
Truxell, Truxale, I don't know what his name is, but no, actually, uh, back in January, um, Evan wrote a, uh, a pretty good, uh, blog post about rejection and it was more, um, geared towards, uh, the critique in school and how basically you can build upon, um, rejection, how it can improve you and, and everything else. And I was thinking about this because we recently were going after a couple of projects and we were shortlisted. We were among the four that went in and gave a presentation. And um, though we were, we had good presentations. We had everything that was, uh, you know, a good tight everything, you know, a presentation blog. Yeah, we had good everything. I don't know what the hell yeah. I'm just getting. Well, <laughs> good everything. but not enough. But, but what I was getting at is it was good, but it wasn't good enough because we didn't get the job. And, um, you know, so but I you can't win about, them all. Exactly, but I was, but I started thinking about it, you know, after you know reading your your blog post that there's a lot of rejection that goes on from you know not only early on when we're in school doing these uh, crits, but all the way through, and it's a way to stop and kind of reflect on the job that you're doing and what you can do to improve and what you can do to go out and get the next job. So I kind of wanted to talk about all of the different. Uh, levels of rejection okay so and not the ones that neil had throughout his life (laughs) so the article was called rejection is good for you and we'll have a link to it in the show notes and you can get the show notes at arcaspeakpodcast.com and on the right hand side of just about any page you can sign up to get the show notes delivered to your email box so that you can follow along as you listen to the show Uh, on the website we also have the show notes there uh, so you can you can get the link there but I, yeah, I think one of the interesting things about rejection, especially you know if you're going for projects, is that you know a lot of times they're trying to decide between three firms, five firms, two firms. I mean, there's always typically right. more than one, right? And sure. and a lot of times it just and and I I link to an article in my blog post that talks about rejection from a writer's standpoint, um, and that was one of the articles that was kind of the inception for this one. But one of the things that the author of that article said was that a lot of times rejection is just saying that it doesn't fit here right now. Um, Maybe it used to, maybe it would, um, but right now, no. And so a lot of times it's just wrong place, wrong time. A lot of times it's, uh, I mean, I've, I've gone for work as well where I, we really wanted the job, but the one, the architect that the client ended up choosing it was like obvious, yeah. I mean, after after I been through this, it, I went back and looked up the the other architect that 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 they had picked, and and a lot of times you look at that and you think, okay, that makes a lot of sense, right? After you've met with them and you've talked, and you you kind of realize that sometimes the the type of work you do or the people that you put in front of them are not what they need at that time, right? Well, I mean, let me give you this example, and <clears throat> anybody who's listening has listened to the show from episode one through at least episode 50 <laughs> knows that um, binging I that I rarely talk about like the firm I'm at now. It's I usually use past examples, but in this particular case, I'm going to use real time example of, of this example of rejection. So we were going after a high school and they have they've already gone and done a feasibility study 
um, in reviewing the feasibility study, you know, it was clear that, you know, there's a lot of things that, and, and I don't want to sound overly critical of the particular architect who did it, but it was clear that there were some things that were missed that, you know, when you walk the site and you see the things you're like, Oh, well, why did they do this when, you know, there's this elevation change and everything else. So I, I want to get into the specifics of that. So, you know, we came up with what was, what we felt like was a really good response to, um, their program, uh, phasing construction schedule, you know, construction budget, the whole, you know, everything. And of course, everybody who's going in there, should feel great about the presentation that they're going to be bringing. And we did. And um, from everything that I understood, because I wasn't in the presentation, uh, the presentation was great. And what it came down to um, later on, we found out that it was basically we missed it because our fees were too high, Um, that they really liked our presentation. They really liked what we were going to bring to the project, but it was all fee, you know, it, it ended up being something based off of fees. It really kind of like hit us. We're like, well, wow, you know, this is, you know, how can we go any cheaper? Because, you know, we're, we're trying Mm -hmm. to win a project. So we're trying to come up with the leanest, the leanest uh, fees that we could possibly do without basically doing the project for no race to the bottom, no profit at all. (laughs) Exactly. 99 cents in app purchases. There you go. But what that does though, is that kind of lets us take a step back and think about, okay, well, are these the projects that are worth going after? If we know that there are other firms out there that can afford to go cheaper. Who says uh, they can afford it? (laughs) Well, a lot of people will work for anything just so that they can say they're working or it's just so that they can be working. Right. But they, they, probably aren't making any money off of that and so yeah i think a lot of times we we wonder uh was this a blessing (laughs) to not get this job well you know i mean just like what you were saying i mean this was a project that i was yeah you really wanted it out i was begging for it i was like this is a project that i've got to have i mean it was it was another historic project that had a really large component of addition as well as renovation of the existing historic buildings Um, and you know, we just had this, I I mean, I kind of felt it just, just to me, it just felt like it was the right response to the program. And, uh, so I was just, oh, we got, you know, we've got this, we've got this. And we had great graphics to explain exactly what we were doing. You know, it was just this, you know, something that we had never done before in the way that we did the presentation. So, you know, I mean, we really put ourselves out there and so we were very invested in it and, we were rejected. It hurt. It hurt. Uh. It was. <laughs> and so the way to deal with it is to come back and kind of assess and evaluate. Well, was it just about the presentation? Was it about the fees? I mean, what can we do better? What can we do to like basically knock their socks off the next time around? Did you get any feedback from them? Did you get a, any kind of a download? Um, we haven't we've asked for it. Well, the reason I ask is because, you know, I think a lot of times students or people in other fields uh, don't go out and seek the reasons why you weren't chosen for something. And so I wanted to kind of point out that it's extremely helpful and we seek it out all the time. If we, whether we win it or lose it, I mean, we're always looking for feedback 
Yeah. And I think yeah. that that is something that is a little bit more unique about the architectural profession than most other professions. And so you'll see that working in offices is you'll get downloads from people who were in the interviews and maybe they'll even bring up comparisons about your firm versus the other firm, um, what they liked, what they didn't like, what, what seemed to resonate with, with the group and what didn't, what, what were turn ons, what were turn offs, all that stuff is really great insight. And it, and again, I think this kind of gets back to the, the basis of my blog post, which was the reason that rejection is good for you is because it helps get to the root of the issue and what can make it better the next time. It, it really is not about you. Now, sometimes it, it could be. It could be about a personality in the room and how they don't feel like it's going to fit with the team that they've got or, you know, in, in this client um, relationship. I mean, there's other types of rejection out there that we could talk about. But but uh, most of the time, it's about the process or it's about the project or it's about the deliverable. It's about the actual thing and and not not about your ego and not about your feelings. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think your your article was really good about this. That we're predisposed to basically asking, "What did we do wrong? You know, why don't you love me?" Um, you know, yeah. it's uh, no. But I mean, in uh, school, you know, we're always going through critiques of all of these projects. And I don't know about your schools, but our schools, we basically did like an after action review of what we could have done better what we did really good, what was our strengths, what was our weaknesses in the presentation, so that the next time we give a presentation or the next time we present that particular um, project, we can do better. We can I- increase the information you know, that we're trying to sell to them and just really kind of push it home. And that's something that we've always been doing. So, you know, you're right. I mean, even once we're well beyond school, and we're um, giving a presentation to a client for a new project, and we don't get it, or even if we do get it, it really is important to ask, what did you do good? What did you do bad? What is it that you can improve on? Um, if it's a, if it's clients that you have a good relationship with that you're going to be continuing to work with them, I mean, Evan, you and I are um, in firms that ours is built off of repeat business. Sure. Yeah. And so if we're if we just go into a if we go into a presentation and we just blow it and you know they're like, "Well, maybe these guys aren't really cut out to be working for such and such school district or whatever." Well, those are things that you want to know, but so that you can improve on. You guys are both coming from the perspective of um, larger firms, you're making presentations to boards, there's a group of people making a decision. And in that case, you're probably multiple right. multiple groups. It, <laughs> or multiple groups, yeah. Um, in those cases, it's very likely not personal. Um, but in my case, being a sole proprietor, uh, it can be an advantage or a disadvantage. I see that in in-house uh, the, stuff, the too, client? in ours. You know, you, you, yeah, so, okay. so just to agree with you, I totally see that side of it as well. Yeah, and I just I wanted to point that side out because... Uh, oftentimes, in fact, I had a client, a potential client call me this afternoon, actually, that they were recording this. What'd they call you? And, what's that? <laughs> what'd they call you? <laughs> they I call said, what'd they call you? Oh, 
smart ass. <laughs> uh, now you threw me off. Um, anyway, uh, I was called this afternoon and just in, in I, I kind of briefly went through the steps or the process that I would start with them. And the the feedback I got was, oh, I I uh, I like that approach. And so it's very much a personal thing when it comes to somebody calling me and talking to me or me going out and to meet somebody for the very first time. It's critical that they like me, so to speak. I mean, they, they have to feel comfortable uh, because they're hiring me. They're not hiring a firm, a firm with a big name or no name or, or, or something. They are literally hiring me. And so if, if I don't come off as personable or somebody who sounds like they know what they're doing, they've been through this before, that somebody that can guide them through the process that they have never done, um, it doesn't, you know, I'm not going to get that job if I, if they don't like me. And, and so it, even if they do like me, sometimes they may like somebody else better and I may get rejected. I mean, that happens and so one of the things I try and do whenever some a, a potential client calls me and uh, talks to me about potentially meeting with them, I always try and ask, or try, always trying to remember to ask, how did they find out about me? And then the second part of that is, and this goes to the rejection part, if I'm not chosen for a job, I ask. I ask them, why didn't they choose me? It, it, that is, at least if they ever respond. I mean, there's many times clients when you're dealing with smaller projects with remodels additions you, you just sometimes won't ever hear from them it's very sure. frustrating yeah. uh that they just like right. disappear and um so if a client is actually nice enough to uh or a potential client is nice enough to actually respond to you uh you can find out and that goes to what you were saying evan is that you can you can then build that okay was it a fee issue was it something i wasn't going to do for them uh, in one case i can think of uh the person had uh, a, a friend or a colleague that had used somebody else and they were very happy with that person. And so it was like, okay, well, this is a known quantity. You are an unknown quantity, and I'm going to go with the known quantity, nothing mm -hmm. personal. So that happens too. Um, and that's another form of rejection, uh, but one that, uh, one that uh, you know, in my case, I need to be liked in order to mm -hmm. get the job. So that's a different perspective on, on what the types of projects you guys are trying to get at the firms you work at regardless of if it's the you know smaller project and you know it's the one-on-one -on -one interaction or you know the larger clients with multiple you know peoples and faces that we've got to impress i mean there's still the one root issue that needs to come out of this that i think both of you guys have you know spoken to is even though we put so much of ourselves into it and it really is hard to not take it personally, you really shouldn't take it personally because it really is business. You know, you hear this, well, it's not you, it's 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 just business. Well, it, it really is. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Another uh, rejection I'd like to bring up is uh, architects rejecting yeah, clients gonna, or potential that's what clients. I was going to go with next is, is what if flip yeah. that around the thing, the story you just yeah, did, right? Exactly. And, and I've had instances where I've, uh, gone out to meet somebody or talk to somebody over the phone. And it's like, you know, I, I really hope this person doesn't call me back. 
Well, that's um, what that's or I don't return. That's the what call. that first meeting uh, is really I, good yeah. for, right? It's you, you're interviewing oh, yeah. them as much as they're interviewing you. Ask questions. Yes, absolutely. And it's great to um, just refer them to somebody yeah. else who who you think is a good person, but you think might fit better. Or yes, and that's actually uh, for for those other sole proprietors out there. That can be a very difficult thing because sometimes. Um, uh, you may get busy and you may not be able to help somebody at a particular time. But if that client or potential client is somebody that, you know, you're not too sure about that, you, you know, they, they're, you you have an uncomfortable feeling about them for, for many different reasons uh, or potential reasons, then you're kind of, um, stuck a little bit. Cause if you do want to, you want to be helpful, you'd like to refer them to somebody else. But it, if you're not feeling very comfortable, it's like, Oh, who do you know? What, who of my friends you, that I could recommend you to, uh, do I want to sick you on? Well, but you don't <laughs> I mean, really have a responsibility to have to refer no, them to somebody, especially if it's no. somebody that you just don't feel comfortable with. Why would right. you, you know, I mean, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, you shouldn't. Right. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't refer them on. Um, just say you know, that I'm sorry, I can't help you right now. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure where you, how you take that, but you try not to put yourself into a position of um, being uh, somebody who has to uh, recommend somebody else that could help them. You know, it's really hard though, especially in the more current climates. Um, coming off of this big recession that hit the our profession pretty hard for people to reject a client. And, you know, we're like, well, you know, you need the job. I'm going to go ahead and take this. I don't really feel comfortable with them, but I would feel more comfortable if I have work. And, and that can just be, you know, a toxic lose right there because you're, you know, you're going to be working for somebody that, you know, you're just not going to get along with. The um, And then ultimately, not only do you and the client suffer, but so does the project. So you're, you're turning Absolutely. out something that's probably substandard to what you really want to do just because you want to get the project done and get them out of your hair. So, I mean, you know, those are definitely times when you should reject the client and walk away. Very true. I, sometimes, though, it's worth taking them because you never know how it's going to turn out. I, I uh, took a project late last year uh, for a contractor and um it was just a simple remodel addition and it it's gone well um but at first i wasn't too sure about it and it's actually turned out really well i the the, the i ended up actually working for the owner not the contractor even though initially my contract was with the contractor and actually that was a very interesting situation because all my interaction was happening through the owner and not the contractor. And I just, I, I contacted them and said, you know, this, this is not going to work this way. Uh, so you are technically not my client and all I'm taking all of my direction from you. So I'm going to cancel this other contract and I'm going to rewrite it, put your name on it and you will now be my client. And that actually worked out really well. Project ended up going good and, uh, you know, it's been a win-win. That's so, awesome. yeah. Yeah. So I think we have a time for a sponsor now. Yeah, let's talk about RCAT, a repeat sponsor. And RCAT is awesome. For those of you who haven't heard of RCAT, uh, would you like someone to draw CAD details for you, create BIM objects for you, write specifications for you? And would you like this someone to do it for free? 
Yes. RCAT has already done all of this. Search the RCAT libraries for these products and more free of charge at no registration required to download content. So you can get DWGs, PDFs, Revit, BIM, families, all kinds of stuff off of their website for free. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional, to find building product information fast and hassle-free. So check out RCAT today at ARCAT.com. So thanks, RCAT, for sponsoring the Arca Speak podcast yet again. You guys are awesome. Yes, thank you. And uh, you know, one thing that we never really mentioned in the uh, um, reading of our of RCAT sponsor, they have uh, an app for the phone that, um, you know, for iPhone, and I'm sure it's for uh, Android as well, but it it's a it's a you know a smaller version of their website but basically you can go in and you know you can do a product search a building product search uh you know look up bim um bim library spec libraries and all that other stuff and you know the other day i was sitting out on a project and we were talking about adding a new card reader to this one particular um door in a school that we're doing and it was a it needed to be a slimline card reader and so all I basically did was pull up the little app, started looking up, and, and I found one. And it just so happened to be the one that the school uses as their basis of design. So I pretty much had everything done right there off of the uh, RCAT um, uh, mobile app. That sounds like it would be expensive. I believe it's free. <laughs> of course. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So let's jump back into the conversation here. Um, what do you do when you get rejected? Uh, there's two ways to take it, right? There's to get butt hurt and walk away and mope and cry about it. And um, But I, obviously I'm not leaning towards that answer. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the right thing to do about it is to, well, okay, so there's many varying levels of rejection, right? There's like very, very small to very large levels of rejection but so so let's just say that that you're you're feeling like your client really hates everything that you've done so far or you're in that interview and and you you don't win it so something that that I've found to be helpful in that situation is to step back have that out of body experience look at look at the situation and say okay Okay, now I understand that this is how it's going to be. How can I make the best out of this? Because I, f I feel like so many people take the opposite course of action, right? They do take it personally. They yeah. go into a funk. They disappear. You know, you, you, they go into under-the-radar mode, and, and all of a sudden it's like, where's, where's this person? They, they, I can't even, they're never at their desk anymore. They're, they're not available by phone. They're not available by email. Um, because they're so hurt, right? But then there's the other way to, to, to handle the situation, which is to say, okay, now I get it. Um, I'm going to deal with it based on what you just told me, and I'm going to change my attitude, and I'm going to take it in a completely new direction based on what you said. And I feel like that moving something forward in the positive is going to put value in the situation where that person potentially saw that there was no value to be had by going with you. I mean, do you guys have any experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen, you know, I, in fact, I worked for a firm 
some time ago where when we were going after a big project and, uh, you know, again, we put our heart and soul into it. And it was something that um, I guess we probably put too much stock in. This is what we have to have this project um, because they had already... I, I, it's going to be sound sound they already started spending the money that they didn't have so they went you know they we we spent so much money to go after the project that um when we didn't get the project it was it was a huge blow and i saw partners that um you know normally are kind of like the rock of the firm basically just kind of wither kind of crushed and, and disappear for a while yeah. and they were they were crushed i mean you know, we brought on new people and stuff and, and, you know, so it kind of took them by surprise that what we felt was a shoe in wasn't. And they were like, Oh no, now, now what do we do? And yeah, it's years it, to it, win or years to lose. Right. 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 And, and, and it was bad. And, and I'd never seen that before. And it was interesting to, from a, you know, I was an intern then and I was going to be going back to school. So though I was invested in the firm at, while I was working there, I knew that it didn't matter one way or the other to me because I was going back to school, but it was something that, you know, it was just kind of eye opening as a way to deal with or treat, treat that, you know, your rejection. So it was, it was, it, it was shocking yeah. to see grown men basically shriek and, you know, wither. I think, I think in architecture where I see this probably hit the hardest is when you're putting an idea out there where you're where you are for, <laughs> risking rejection right you're you're being vulnerable maybe you've you've come up with let's just say it's a design right and and they're like that's not what i was thinking at all i wanted yeah. english tutor <laughs> and you've shown them some modern thing and yeah. like that's 180 degrees the other direction than what you were thinking and so i think this this is kind of an example of what I was talking about a minute ago where it's like that can be a crushing blow where it is like I am definitely not the person for you or it could be I'm going to do the best damn English tutor you've ever seen right yeah I'm still yeah. going to do it well I'm going to do it really well even though it's not me it's not my signature I can figure out a way to put my signature into something that is perfect for you because it is, I mean, it is their money, right? It is, it's their vision as much as it is your pen to paper. Well, I've had that example, that exact example happened to me. I, I was working on a project, uh, several years uh, back, uh, <clears throat> on my own. And my client was, um, he was, doing this with his parents. So his parents were really the money behind this, but he was the one that was dealing with me and kind of directing me, kind of managing the project, if you will. And so every direction he gave to me was for a certain type of structure that he wanted and everything he said. And I went through several meetings with him, showing him photos and examples and just all this stuff. And we get to this meeting um, with his parents and I'm showing this stuff and I've got these 3D renderings up and uh, just what I thought was going to be what they wanted. And it was 180 degrees different from what they wanted. <laughs> and 
And they handled it actually very nicely in that uh, they uh, apologized actually to me that I was given incorrect direction. I did a good job at what I was given with, but it wasn't the direction. And so uh, fortunately, they kept me on the project and we did exactly what you said, Evan, went back to the drawing board uh, with new direction and gave them the best damn uh, you know, structure that they wanted with in the in the uh, direction that they wanted to go, and that project ended up working out great, and it turned out fantastic. Uh, but it was definitely a course correction, um, and and I experience those course corrections all the time, and the, and and these are kind of the uh, small rejections, if you will. And what I'm what I'm kind of ex- uh, getting to is. Even during client presentations, you may get small rejections because you're you're putting out designs and concepts, and uh, this is what based on you know hopefully feedback that they've given you, and this can go to students too. You've get you're getting feedback all the way you know during the during the quarter or semester from uh, whoever your client is, whether it's your professor or somebody else. You think you're going in the right direction, but then maybe during that review or in my case, client meetings, they're like, no, no, we wanted to go this direct. You know, we don't like this or we do like that, but you're putting yourself out there. And how do you handle those, you know, small rejections during the client meeting? I I had an experience actually just tonight in a client meeting where they're like, well, what about doing this? And I'm like, well, you've never talked about that, (laughs) but yeah, let's great go there. idea. And let's great <laughs> idea. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, let's, let's look at that. Let's explore well, that. Di- and here's, here's the implications, you know, to the budget, the schedule, other things like that. You yeah. bring those things up, but it's, but you, you put it out there and you know, um, and you kind of work through these course directions in, in during the meeting. And it's kind of, uh, I mean, that's kind of the fun part of doing what we do. And, and on my smaller scale of, of things, um, even like on the, the client I'm talking about tonight, they were saying, well, what if we did this? And, and, and so it's, you, you almost like my first reaction was, Oh, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. Um, don't make me do that. Um, and so it was like, okay, how do I think on my feet and kind of course correct them through, you know, this process so that we can come up to a solution that's a good solution and not maybe something that, you know, is bad. And so you have to, you know, work quickly to maybe even sketch something out and, or, but explain maybe why something is not good. So you're, you're navigating this minefield of rejections the whole, during the entire uh, client meeting. And that hopefully when you, you know, finish at the end, you've got a, a good design or something that they're happy with and that you feel is going to be good architecturally speaking. Kind of glad you brought that up because, you know, we've been kind of talking big picture um, rejection and there is the, the small, you were calling them uh, rejections and course corrections and stuff like that, that we deal with on a daily basis, whether it's in uh, school and we're, you know, giving a presentation and a, a professor says, well, you know, have you thought about doing this? You know, and you've been spending a week or two or two weeks of just nonstop developing this thing, and you've taken it to heart, and it's your baby, 
and someone says, uh, no, that's great, but what about this? And, you know, you do it in the profession too, when you're looking at a design and you got the client who's like, well, you know, I was really thinking about this and, you know, it's just all how you roll with it, how you deal with it. It isn't really anything personal. Remember, we're building things and designing things for other people. Yeah. So, you know, we really got to kind of absorb what they're talking about and, you know, kind of work with it. So it's not really necessarily rejection. Um, it's more of a taking it and making it better, making it work for both you and them. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it is it is a natural part of the process. And it is part of the give and take. It's part of the us, right? It it Because it isn't just one person's vision. Right. But doesn't it feel like sometimes when uh, you're really working hard at something and somebody comes in and they just offer a different direction or offer a different solution, it, it, it feels kind of heart-wrenching. <laughs> oh, man. It, and especially when it's somebody who's, quote-unquote, on your team who hasn't been yeah. a part of it. And all of a sudden out of nowhere well have you thought of this and it's like well where the hell have you been yeah right yeah, oh yeah yeah so yeah, that happens a lot too <laughs> well hey let's take one more break here and talk about our second sponsor who is new sponsor for arca speak podcast and this is arca snapper and arca snapper is a simple tool for creating and managing field reports with arca snapper architects can draft reports on site using their phone or tablet all data is uploaded to the cloud where the reports are available for further editing. So from drafting to sending with ArcaSnapper, architects can cut their time spent on field reports in half or more. Grow your business instead of struggling with field reports and get a free trial on ArcaSnapper.com. And I believe that is a 30-day free trial. So check it out. It's a very cool product, and uh, it, it does simplify the process. It, it lets you use a portable device to do everything that has to do with field reports and punch lists and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's pretty sweet. So thanks Arca snapper for sponsoring the podcast. We really appreciate it. You know, I was uh, thinking about the question that you had asked earlier and Neil answered it a lot better than I did where, you know, you were, you were more talking about how you took the negative and, you know, kind of turned it into a positive and stuff. And I had a project um, when I was solo as well. Um, it was in rural Florida and I'm going to go ahead and since I'm proud of the project and proud of its outcome and everything else, it's the EO Wilson biophilia center, uh, which was a, uh, really cool, um, environmental education center. And so it was, like I said, being in rural Florida, the, um, the client, you know, he'd given us a lot of directions. We had gone and we'd visit a lot of other uh, environmental centers and we looked at a lot of things. And there were some really cool um, things going on. And so me coming off of working for another firm where we did a lot of more high-end modern stuff, I presented this high-end modern kind of um, environmental center. And it was, he liked it. He had a lot of great things to say about it, but he he just... You could tell that just something wasn't sitting right with him. It was kind of sort of uncomfortable to him. Um, and he's just like, as nice as this is, um, it just doesn't feel right for this place. And the further that I, you know, I mean, I was just like, whoa, what, what do you mean by that? 
Um, he goes, you know, this is more rural Florida. You, know, you think about this. This is, you know, Florida cracker style, and it's just a. And yes, that is an architectural style for people who think it's just <laughs> um, a, a, another term. Uh, it's but one of the um, big ones, actually, you've just never heard of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a. Yeah. It. Um, but it's. And so, you know, you started going into some things that I really wasn't thinking about. You know, I was thinking about fitting in the program and making, you know, just making these objects. And, and, and you know, I really started listening to him. And it ended up that essentially what I ended up doing was developing my interpretation, which was slightly more modern, um, but still rooted in kind of the tradition of the architecture of you know rural um coastal florida and he, we we worked on it for months and months and then you know over the course of a couple of years construction and stuff and after everything was said and done came back and i really i, I loved what how it turned out and it ended up that i got an aia award for it um you know one of the uh, top awards for our local aia um uh, chapter uh, for design awards and it was because I was thinking in one direction and in trust me when he when he said I'm not sure it fits it hurt I mean it hit it was like a punch in the chest well, yeah you feel like you've you wasted <laughs> a lot of time and effort and money and and I was invested in yeah. you know the design right. <laughs> and I really felt like this was the right design and you know he was just like well you know I just don't feel like it's right and so I was just like, wow, this is, you know, the biggest form of rejection. I mean, what's wrong with this project? And the more and more we talked about it, the more and more I really started to listen to what he was saying and what, you know, you could, I think what was missing from the the design when I first, when I first started putting it together was that sit down and listening to him and really understanding what it was that, you know, he was trying to say and get out of his project. I mean, and ultimately it's, it's his project as much as we feel like it's ours because, you know, we're the ones designing it. It's theirs. Yeah. And, you know, li sitting down and listening to them. And, and that was really the first, first time that I learned. And this was early in my career too. So, you know, I was a, a baby when it came to sitting down and talking to clients and really understanding. And so that was a good learning tool for me because the rejection of my initial concepts and designs wasn't really about me being a bad designer. It was me being a bad listener. Yeah. And so I, I turned it all around and said, okay, what do you really want? And, and I was hugely proud of the project afterwards. I mean, it, it was kind of my swan song from working on my, you know, working by myself because unfortunately the recession hit and everything else. But I mean, it, it was because it was a fully collaborative project between me and the client and, and, and all of the consultants. I mean, we really, everybody took it to heart, but everybody listened And in the end, it was what fit that place and that project and it fit every client. Yeah. You know, that's so. awesome. Uh, it's a good story because it, it really shows how you really can turn a bad thing into a good thing, right? Because you were crushed and then you turned it into, like you said, it's one of the best projects that has helped define your career. So to me, the one of the best things that we can say 
whether we're designers or sole proprietors or project managers or whatever position we're in, when we're dealing with either somebody else in our firm or a client and they say something that is this this feeling of this source of rejection is just say, okay. Too many times yeah. I see people come back and say, whatever you want. When, when that is a lot of times the wrong answer. Yeah. We, we are, even if the client doesn't like what we've done, we, we have to take that and, and go back to the drawing boards and we have to, interpret and think and you know and let our subconscious work on it before just reacting right out of the blue and saying okay whatever you want that that's not a good way to do it but but saying okay you have to acknowledge that you heard what they said right and that is a big deal right if you sit there quietly and you start to kind of boil, <laughs> right? And, and sulk. And sulk. Or, yeah, however you, de- however you deal with that rejection is a huge way that you're communicating, whether it's through body language or <laughs> the redness in your face or whatever right. it is. Um, I mean, if you simply say, okay, that is not an admittance of guilt and it's not an admittance of I will do right. exactly right. what you say, it moves the conversation along and it says, I've heard you, I'm going to consider this. And I think with, with students and with professionals, it works equally the same. If you're sitting in a jury and somebody's ripping you apart, it's just fine to say, okay, and not get into a battle with that person. Right. You can hear them and you do not have to respond. It's your project. Right. And then same thing in the professional, you can say, okay, like, I hate this color, or I hate this material. Okay. And then we can actually start to talk about why you hate it, right? Right. Instead of saying, okay, we won't do that. Because that might be the right material, and you can have a conversation about it. But okay is a great place to start. And that, and you know how hard that really is, though, is to, to stop, take that breath, and say okay. You have to train yourself, you know? <laughs> and you have to yeah. practice doing it. And so start with your friends and start with the people that you're working with and you will be able to build up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you're the professional I mean, you got to act like it, you know, especially if you want to um, continue to work with them <laughs> Yeah. in a little bit further than, you know, I, I totally agree with you that okay is that first start and whether it's going back and just kind of going back to the drawing board or walking away the next step is always to, okay, but now what? Now what do we do? What, not in the confused kind of now what do we do kind of way, but how do we move the project forward? What is the best thing for you? You know, what is that? that, Okay, so you don't like that color. What do you like? And then start to kind of pull more and more information out of them to really kind of start to understand it. You know, because they may hate something, and a lot of times, uh, I, I was worked with a um, a principal who was she was picking some colors for the school, and you know we we came up and we we did a bunch of uh, color boards beforehand, and we were presenting it to her, and there these were kind of rooted in the study of color and how it affects the psyche, especially in grade schools, um, kids, and things like that. 
And so we had like this very calming kind of purple. It wasn't more lavender than anything else, but calming she was purple. just like, absolutely no purple. And we're like, and I mean, she was oh, so man. We hear this a lot. She, she was so upset about presenting this purple to the her. The superintendent hates green, you know. And so we were like, and and so what did we do? We we're like, okay, <laughs> why? Yeah, why? <laughs> well, <laughs> because I had this couch once, and. It, Actually, you know, here yeah. you want to know the truth of it. the the truth was is that she was a Green Bay Packer fan, and she <laughs> absolutely hates the Minnesota Vikings, which are purple. And that's what everybody thinks of when they see purple, right? And that is what she thought of, and so therefore everyone, she, yeah, and therefore everyone projecting. Um, yeah. You know, we see and, it all the, the time. Thing, and isn't that what we were talking about, is that even though there are some personal differences or reasons why they don't want to do something, it's just, it's dealing with their particular particulars. Yep. <laughs> but it was, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny that, that they did it. And so, you know, um, to be quite honest with you, I think that when we took her input of no purple and went back to the drawing board and kind of pulled some other things that actually at, in the end of the day i actually think it made it better because even though we had a more subdued color palette it was a really nice sophisticated color palette that we'd never actually done before but also you listened to her you didn't put a color on it that she hated and therefore she no longer owned the project because she hated it so bad right right you're you're yeah you're putting that listening into action yeah 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 it's huge guys one of the things uh wanted to bring up here towards the end is one of the challenges of being rejected is, or one of the, it's not a challenge, but it's a challenge in trying hard, especially as a sole proprietor to not be rejected. And, and what I mean by that is that there's a lot of time and effort put into a design and you may spend a lot of time figuring out maybe colors maybe different design ideas or, or you're just searching for images to back up or you're, you're trying to get just the right uh, view or build the model or draw up something. And there's so much time in generating the drawings that we need to present a project that could be 3d, 2d, whatever it is, but there's so much time and effort put into that. And then oftentimes there's very little time spent in discussing it. And so you may present something and it's like, I, I, no, I don't like that over here. And it's like, whoa, I just spent like two hours generating this or drawing this. And they just blew it off in like five seconds. And that can be, that can hurt, right? I mean, it not only can hurt just emotionally, uh, but it can also hurt in that, okay, wait a minute, I just wasted two hours of time. I'm just throwing numbers here, but I've wasted all this time and effort. And so as a sole proprietor, one of the things I try and do really hard is, is listen very carefully to what they want and, and try and ask leading questions during the meetings that you do have so that the next time you're presenting a design that you, you, you minimize the effort that goes into generating something um, so that if it is rejected, you haven't wasted your time. 
And that sometimes goes into the thinking of what am I going to present to them? You know, what are my materials that I'm going to show or drawings that I'm going to produce to, to uh, show this example or this design concept? And so I think it's, it's important to, whether you're on a team of people or just as a sole proprietor like myself, consider, okay, what's going to show the minimal amount of work I need to do to show a concept because if it's just tossed, I don't want to put a whole lot of effort into it because I can't afford it. I'm not getting paid to do all you that. You have to anticipate, right? Yeah. You do. Yeah. And I think that's what I meant by the challenge in being rejected is that it's okay to be rejected. It's okay. But you got to be very uh, you know, conscious of Calculated thinking about... <laughs> calculate. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. You calculate out okay, here's a concept or here's this other concept and here's another concept. How, how much time can I put into each one of these so that um, you're not wasting your time? And that goes for professionals and also students because you may want to explore time in school. Now, you're not necessarily getting paid in school, but it's important you have to manage your time when you're in school. And so managing your time becomes the same sort of thing professionally or not. And so I, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that it's important to understand you, it may be even okay to throw some things out there because I've done this before too, where you show people uh, different examples of things and you want to direct them in I, a way so that they choose the one you want. And so, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, so, uh, no. it's, it's a little bit, yeah, that's, that's kind of a little off I've topic, got, but, but I mean, you can go in that direction to to try and minimize and calculate your, your rejections so that you can get to where you want to get to. I've got two tips for this. Okay. The first one is less time between check-ins checkpoints, right? So when you are showing or involving the client more, more is better, even if it's less work in between. And a lot of times when I present something to a client, especially early on, I might be drawing it in CAD or Revit or whatever, but I am going to print it out and trace it by hand and send them that that version. Why? Yeah. Because it doesn't look so finished. So it doesn't yeah. look like yes. it's done. Because a lot of times a client will look at it and say, that's done and I had nothing to do with this. Therefore, I will just simply reject it on the premise. And, and maybe they're not even thinking that, but maybe that's just a lot of times that just happens. Because they don't mm-hmm. feel like they were a part of it. And so the looser, the better. As, as soon as we start getting into 3D, I'm already thinking materials. I'm thinking wall thicknesses and stuff. But All when right. I send it to them, it's black and white. Exactly. And it's got sketchy exactly. lines on it. I mean, it's it's got to be vague in those early stages because you want them to concentrate on form, not materials. I don't want you to focus on the material or the color. I want you to focus on, are we solving the problems? The second tip is when you start talking about materials and things like that, don't tape them to a board and make it a formal presentation. Bring loose samples and put them on the table and say, what about this? And let's slide this one over here and see how these ones look together. Even if you've already done this in your own office, even if you've already decided that these things go really well together, Do it in front of them with them, and it makes a huge impact. It gets you so much farther, and it it gets you away from that uh, that 
that potential rejection just because they had nothing to do with it. So a couple tips. Those are awesome. Yeah. I was thinking that this would have been great advice for us when we were in school. Oh, man. Um, yeah, too much too soon, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what we, well, we're, I mean, we're always know. guilty of that. You know, I mean, we try to, like, flood them in, you know. We Look how much work I did. These things. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's to impress them by sheer number, by by the volume of the work. And it's not the quality of the work. It's the volume of the yeah. work. The little steps between, okay, so I've got a presentation. You know, say you're in school and you've got a presentation in two weeks. Have that conversation with your professor every few, every couple of days. Try to pull out more information from them. I mean... The thing about it is, is that they're there to help you get better and to improve what you're supposed to be learning. I mean, you're paying for it. Yeah, You're paying for it. So you should get exactly what you want out of exactly. it, which is, we talked about this in the last one. It's the, you know, make it what you want. Well, make the, cl- you know, make the class what you want. Push yourself to really ask the questions, but it's, it's trying to pull out all of those little nuances and all those little things that can make the project better. Um, that if you've spent two weeks of just getting sheer volume of stuff, but not stopping to listen to what you're really supposed to be doing. Yeah. You're going to get annihilated in your crits. But if you can stop and ask those questions and develop it so that you that not only you feel comfortable with it, but it's something that you've had, you know, these mini critiques, these mini reviews that, you know, really kind of... Descrits. Yeah. yeah, that make you understand it. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Even if you think it sounds stupid that you're asking the question, it's more stupid to not ask the question. Get the input. Find out what they want. I mean, it was like the project example that I that I used as an example of... I went one direction. They wanted to go another direction. You know, when I finally learned to stop and listen to them, it became a project that not only I was proud of, but they were proud of. Yeah, you dig your heels in and what happens? Pain and agony. (laughs) Pain and agony. Rejection. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think we've given everybody lots to think about. So if you've got any tips on how to handle rejection or avoid it in the first place. Or talk about how you've been rejected. Yes, absolutely. Please vi- uh, add your comments. Add your comments. Go to the website, arcuspeakpodcast.com, and, and leave your comments. Because yeah, the only way that we can get better is by getting rejected every once in a great while. <laughs> it does. I think it does push us forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Or if you've got a really good tale to uh, to tell, call the Arcuspeak podcast line at 415-484-8496. Show us some love. We haven't gotten any calls in a while, so, and maybe we'll even put you on the show. Maybe that's why nobody calls. They're afraid. (laughs) Show us how rejection has been good for you. Absolutely. Because I really feel like this is a a topic that, that, yeah, like you said, Cormac, students, we should have heard this, you know, when we were starting, it would have been awesome. Uh, But I feel like it's something that we just need to talk more about. Oh, absolutely. All right. Okay, everyone. Stay subscribed, and thanks for listening. Thanks. Good night. Thank you.
I know, I know 